have a gold spot price of 1807.60 and we have a silver spot price of 2343. Silver's up 8% on the day, up $1.78 to 2343, 8% in a uh, for the week and that is a really good performance. Welcome to Gold Silver Pros. Searching for the best precious metals deal? Shop with our trusted partner, Arc Silver. Access special deals on silver, gold, and platinum through our website. Or call 307-264-9441. Hey everyone, this is Rob Keens with goldsilverpros.com. It is Friday, December 2nd, 2022, and this is your weekly market wrap-up. I'm going to give you what was the big news in the economy in terms of data points. We're going to talk about gold and silver prices and where they're going. And we're also going to talk about what's going on with employment because it is the first week of December and we get the employment reports. The employment reports, the ADP report that we get on the Wednesday of the first week of the month and the non-farm payroll that we get on the first Friday of the month, we'll go over both of those. As we're recording this at 4.10 p.m. Central Time on Friday, December 2nd, 2022, we have a gold spot price of 1807.60, and we have a silver spot price of 2343. Silver's up 8% on the day, up $1.78 to 2343, 8% in a, uh, for the week, and that is a really good performance by silver. Gold is up 2.51% on the week, up 44.20 today. Very, very good performance. Uh, this week, as far as the economic calendar goes, we had a couple of presentations on Monday with regards to uh, what's going on in the economy. St. Louis Fed President James Bullard spoke and New York Fed President John Williams spoke as well. And then we also had a bunch of data come out this week. So, on Tuesday with the S&P Case-Shiller U.S. Home Price Index, that tells us the strength of home prices, residentially speaking, in the U.S., was down 8.7%. That wasn't as bad as last month. It was down 10%. So we do have a fall in the value of homes across the U.S., although it has slowed down just a bit. It is still negative. The FHFA U.S. Home Price Index, a different report on basically the same thing, was actually up about a percentage point where it was down 7.5% uh, last month. So essentially the two major home price indexes that we look at every month use a little bit different methodology. Both are slightly more positive in the past month than they were the month before. That's a nice little boost for the housing market, even though there's the houses are still losing overall value. At least it slowed down just a bit. Consumer confidence index really nailed uh, what the economists expected. They expected that index to come in at 100. It came in at 100.2. And that's just basically a survey of how consumers are feeling across the economy. That's a pretty good print. Last month, it was 102.2. So consumers feeling pretty confident. Housing prices still going down. But overall, let's see about the rest of the data. Well, on Wednesday, we had the ADP employment report come out. Now, something about the ADP employment report that you should know is that what has happened is ADP has duplicated the uh, methodology or as close as they can get to the non-farm payroll. So ADP is a private company that reports uh, based upon payroll data because they run payroll. And then the non-farm payrolls is the government report that comes out uh, the, the Friday after ADP does. For both of them come out the first week of the month, no matter what the days are. 
So ADP employment report came in 127,000. Uh, it was lower than expected. The Economist uh, survey expected 190,000 new jobs, but it was only 127,000, and that lagged behind the 239,000 that we had last month. However, on Friday, we get something different with the government numbers. The government numbers are different than the private company ADP payroll numbers, even though ADP has supposedly aligned their methodology much closer to the government. The government is reporting 263 thousand created jobs while ADP only reported about half of that 127,000. Obviously, that's a big discrepancy. And overall, there was expectations of 200,000 by economists for this month. So the non-farm payrolls were 63,000 higher, which is very positive. And that was, did pretty good things for the markets today, which we'll talk about here in a moment. Last month, however, it was higher at 284,000. So we have slowed down a little bit according to both reports over job creation, the big question is why does ADP report so much more pessimistic than the government report on the uh, employment situation? We don't know. We'll have to see what the data says in the following few months. Real GDP is up 2.9% versus expectations of 2.7, and it was better than last month at 2.6. So again, uh, good reads on what we're getting in gross domestic product. That's positive. It means that we're probably growing. Now, when you decrement that for the CPI and inflation, we're actually not growing. We're probably falling back some when you consider price rises, but at least the economy in terms of production is overall expanding, even if it's not keeping up with inflation, which is better than the opposite. Real gross domestic income, a positive 0.3% for the nation. Last month, it was negative 0.8%. Domestic final sales were up about a percent about double what they were last month. However, the trade deficit is worsened. It was negative 99 billion, which means we paid or we imported 99 billion more in goods in the last month than we exported. And that's bad overall for the nation. And it was worse this month than last month. Negative 99 billion in the goods deficit trade with our partners this month. Last month, it was negative 91. So it's getting a little bit worse. The Chicago PMI was at a disappointing 37.2 on expectations of 40. Anything under 50 is considered not great. Uh, last month, it was 45.2, and it really fell about eight points for last month and more than what uh, economists expected. The PMI is a purchasing manager index. It's a survey of purchasing managers and how they feel about the economy. If they're purchasing things for their companies and it's worse than expected, it means that sales and therefore revenues for companies in the coming months may be a little bit lower than expected. That's why we follow that. Job openings were a robust 10.3 million, but they were lower than expectations of 10.5. And quits were 4.4 million. Uh, economists didn't give an expectation on that, but last month they were 4.1. So we do have a solid number of quits, uh, meaning people are just quitting the economy, which means the overall structural unemployment rate is probably going to go up in the future. Uh, and by that, I mean the longer term unemployed is going to be higher than expected. Those are people that have been out of the workforce for about a year or more, and they're just not finding work. Pending home sales index is down 4.6%. It's not quite as bad as last month was, it's down 8%. So housing overall doing okay. Still in retreat overall, but housing is doing better than it has been the last couple of months. That's nice to see. Uh, the... Price indexes, PCA price index, core PCE price index, PCE, uh, all of these various measures the government uses to look at inflation from the PCE perspective. There's two, CPI and PCE, uh, almost identical measures. 
but different. The government looks at both. The Fed looks a lot at the PCs, so they make their decisions on money on that. And, and all the PCs are coming in less, a little bit less inflation than we had in prior months. So inflation looks to be coming down just a bit. And the unemployment situation seems to have edged up just a bit from where it was in previous months. But I wanted to reiterate that it's still not positive. We still have too high inflation and not enough job growth to get us back to where we were 10 years ago or 12 years ago from the last recession. But at least we're not quite as negative we've been in, in the previous few months. I suspect a lot of that is related to growth in the economy in the last quarter of the year, usually attributed to increased consumer spending and increased uh inventory ramp up and things like that for 2023. But we'll see how that carries out over the next few months as well. That does it for really most of the interesting uh, economic information. One more that I'll talk about. Motor vehicle sales were down from last month. They were 14.4 million in auto sales uh, this past month. The previous month, they were 15.3 million. So the auto sector, in addition to the real the state sector continues to slow down. As we break into the details of the payrolls report, the government payrolls report, there's some interesting points there. The change in total non-farm payroll employment for September was revised down. So what happens is you get the, the original number, and then in succeeding months, they revise it when they actually uh, get the data the where that where that they want it. And so when you see a an unemployment report, it often gets adjusted in, in future months as they get deeper down into the day and actually get to the real uh, nuts and bolts of it. So it's the non-farm payrolls is not a perfect measure. But in any case, uh, for September, it was revised down by 46,000 from a previously thought of positive creation of 315,000 jobs to only 269,000. That was for September. Now, for October, it was actually revised up. They feel like we added 23,000 more jobs than they originally predicted. And so it went from 261 to 284,000 for October. So with the revisions for those two months that was made by the BLS, the employment gains in September and October were 23,000 lower than reported. So we still had less growth than we originally reported for September and October. Monthly job growth has averaged 292,000 so far in 2022. That's the monthly average for the year compared with 562,000 in 2021. So even though we've had some improvements in the job situation this year in 2022, it is nothing like it is about half as effective a little bit more than half as effective as what we saw in 2021. So job growth has slowed, even though it is still positive. Getting into the meeting minutes of what happened from the, the presentations and the speeches by the two uh, Fed presidents that we talked about uh, back in the economic calendar, we're going to talk about what was said by St. Louis Fed President uh, Bullard. He said that the Fed will likely need to keep interest rates above 5% in 2024 to succeed in taming inflation. So he's raising what he thinks the benchmark rate needs to be to tame inflation. That's a very big signal that the Fed is going to continue to raise rates for the end of the year and into the beginning of next year because they believe they have to do so in order to tame inflation. Uh, the Fed's Williams predicts the U.S. unemployment could climb to 5% and fight versus inflation. Top Fed official, this is another article, says it will take a few years to get inflation back down to 2%. As reported by MarketWatch, unemployment in the U.S. could climb to as high as 5% in 2023 from the current rate of 3.7% in response to a series of interest rate hikes engineered by the Federal Reserve to combat high inflation, a senior central bank official said Monday, John Williams, president of the New York Fed, signaled in a speech that the economy was going to get even weaker than the central bank had previously 
estimated. Just two months ago, the Fed had forecast the unemployment rate would top out at 4.4%. We're already seeing some of the effects of tighter monetary policy, Williams said in a virtual speech to the Economics Club of New York. As this continues, I expect real gross domestic product, or GDP, to increase only modestly this year and in 2023. So I think the Fed is saying we probably need to do more tightening and expect a little bit less growth. And that's what we're actually seeing in the data, especially in the real estate and the auto markets and manufacturing. It's been okay the last few weeks, kind of sideways. Employment's been maybe a tad better than expected, but overall pretty much what we have expected. All right, moving on to the economy, how it's reporting. Again, this is Friday, 421 p.m. Central Time, about 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. The Dow Jones is up 34 points on the day to finish at 34.429. S&P 500 closed at 4,071.70, down four points, which is minuscule, uh, almost even. NASDAQ uh, closed down 20 points, again, minuscule change to close at 11,461.50. The Russell 2000 for the small cap stocks closed up 11 points, 11.16 points to end at 1892.84. There's actually an improvement in the bond situation, which is good to see. We're still in massive yield conversion across the entire bond complex from the one month to the 10 year, but the 10 year and the two year rates, which are the benchmark for determining yield conversion have both come down. Right now, the 10 year is down to three 0.492, as I'm seeing this on CNBC. And even though all the rest of the shorter term bonds are still in an inversion, the two year is down to 4.284. So we've seen improvement in the overall interest rates for the bonds. When the bond interest rates go lower, it means people feel better about the macroeconomic situation. So a falling bond rate overall is good, even though short term, it gives less over y- overall yield to investors. In the long term, it's better for the economy. And as investors buy bonds, they don't want rates to go up because it decreases the face value of the bonds that they can sell if they want to sell early before they redeem it. So overall, that's a good thing. Cryptocurrencies up slightly today. Bitcoin closed in the green, up 107.6 points to 17,042.14. Ethereum is closed at 1291.05, up $17.00. 30 cents. We're going to share screen and go immediately into the gold and silver overview. I'm going to shorten this a bit from previous months because honestly, I don't think there's a whole lot of interesting stuff going on, but we'll go over it. You see a moderate amount of trading done by the bar chart here. Overall, general good trading and most of the movement from the December to the next year's 2023 dominant contract, which I'll show you here in a moment, was done basically about mid-November as we proceeded to December. Still have healthy trading nothing really to write home about. Uh, February 2023 is now the dominant contract. As you see, it has 377,365 open interest contracts for today's data, Thursday, uh, 1st December. Sorry, yesterday's data, Thursday, 1st of December. We don't have Friday's data yet. It's not out, as you can see here. Uh, But most of the trade has moved over to February. We still have 5,849 contracts of open interest. A lot of people will say that that's what's going to be delivered because people are standing for delivery because at the point at which February market basically was opened, we still have these December contracts. You assume they're standing for delivery, although they could be cash settled. Uh, But we did have a healthy amount of deliveries. Today's data, we had 5,308 deliveries. That is a lot for a single day on the December contract for gold. So gold delivered a lot of contracts in a single day in this in on the 1st day of December, on the 30th of November, 
on the December contract, we had 6,195, an even bigger number. So there's a lot of deliveries of gold being taken off. And then before that, not quite as much. So these were basically the first two days of when you could deliver on the December contract, Wednesday, the 30th of November and the 1st of December. And we had over 11,000 contracts delivered. What did that mean for the price? Well, not too much. Nice low close to the week. Uh, gold down only about $5.60 on trading of trading 97,509 contracts on Friday as we go here and change to Thursday. What we see is gold was up about 55 bucks, and that was having people feel very positive. Again, February is the dominant futures contract. There were 227,000 contracts traded according to Thursday's data. Overall, not bad. I'm not going to be looking at the ETF report today. We'll look at that again next week. We're just going to go straight to silver. And on silver, we did have a fair amount of deliveries. 498 contracts of 5,000 ounce silver were delivered as per Thursday's data. We do not, uh, Comex and CME Group does not have today's data up yet. So we're going for Thursday. At close, there was only 2,477 total open interest contracts. The trade has moved to the next trading month for silver, which is March. And you can see here that has the dominant amount of open interest contracts trading, 111,003. As we go back to Wednesday's data, we notice that there were a fair amount of silver drillers, 1,815 contracts of 5,000 ounce silver on December. People taking that delivery at the beginning of the month, as they can do. But overall, the overall number of contracts has fallen to 2822. Are all of these 2822 standing for delivery? We will have to see. We don't know. Some of those can be cash settled. We'll see what the delivery numbers look like. But this is a possible additional 2822 contracts that could be delivered in December. Overall, deliveries for silver, probably a lot less than what a lot of people expected. And for gold, probably a lot more than people have expected, which may be surprising people, but we see how the month goes because you can still continue to see a bunch of silver contracts take delivery. We'll see if they do or if they cash settle or if they're rolled to another contract month. March 2023 is the dominant contract in silver right now, trading 107,753 contracts. And that is it for Wednesday's data for you. The last thing that we're going to go over is the commitment of traders report. This is uh, comes from the CFTC. It's as of November 29, 2022. So what we're looking at is the previous week's trading data. This is compiled in arrears and we get it about a week late from the CFTC. So what we're seeing here is basically what drove silver and gold's price over the preceding week. So all of these settlements over the preceding week are going to be in most of this data. And what we look at here is we look at the categories of who is trading at a high level so we can kind of figure out who wants to go long and who wants to go short. So as we look at this contract, or as this table of CFTC data, as of November 29, 2022, we see in silver, this is a silver part of the report, that the biggest move basically was that the managed money or the hedge fund and those type of traders dropped 2,558 shorts and dropped 664 longs to go net long between the two of them of about 18 to 1,900 contracts. So they're slightly more long than they've been previous weeks, then basically looking at silver saying, we need to go a little long. And it is this trade, which is what helped pop silver above $23 today. Because as you go more long, it drives the price up. The other reportables, may, oops, sorry about that. We lost the table here. As we go back to silver, the other reportables basically closed 1,400 longs and closed 258 shorts. So the other reportables, meaning the family offices and the wealthy individuals, went slightly more short on the week 
The producer merchants, the category of people that pull it out of the ground and that use it in trade, didn't really change that month and nothing to speak of. So as I look at silver, not a whole lot has changed other than the hedge funds are going a little bit more net long and the other reportables are going a little bit more net short. Really nothing to speak of. Let's move on to gold again. Data as of November 29, 2022. We see in gold that there was a fairly big move from the swap dealers of the bullion banks to close almost 5,000 short contracts and to open 2079. So they are expecting gold to go long. So for the last couple of months, the swap dealers have very uh, quietly been closing their short positions and going more net long. They're still net short of about 83,000 contracts, but that ratio has dropped. So I feel as though the bullion banks, which I consider to be the smartest money on that market, are going net long in gold, but it looks like they're going to do it for the next several months. So I don't expect the big gold pop probably to come for another couple of months, but we'll see what happens with the economic data in 2023. As we look at the producer merchants, we see that they closed 5,000 shorts and closed 2,000 longs to go net long over that week of an additional 3,000 contracts, 2,800 contracts or so. So they've gone a little bit more net long. So the producer merchant category is looking for a little bit of a rise in the gold price. The managed money essentially uh, went net short of about 4,600 contracts. So they expect gold price to fall. Nothing too uh, interesting there. So as I look at what's going on in the economy, we kind of had a sideways month. We had a little bit better jobs report than we expected, although the government and ADP, the private report, disagree. We'll have to see in coming months how the revisions go to the government report and was it really as rosy as we thought. With an understanding that over September and October, we actually lost 30 or did not gain 30,000 more as many jobs as we thought we had. So that actually was in that negative of the last two months as we look at those revisions. Overall, real estate still falling. Overall, auto market still falling. Overall, kind of sideways in the economy. Nothing definitive there, honestly. The gold and silver looks like the bullion banks are going net long. More people are pulling the fiscal off the markets. We see that. The bond market's improving just a bit. The stock market's basically going sideways. The crypto basically had a little baby little... Little baby little tick up and we'll see what happens next week. Are people over FTX and buy uh, and um, BlockFi already? Or are those issues with those exchanges and lenders coming more under scrutiny? Will we continue to see some drift in the cryptocurrency space? We don't know, although it should be interesting. Stay tuned next week where we continue to do this every week. We cover what's going on in the economy, what's going on in gold and silver, and the major news that you need to be aware of. This has been Rob Keats reporting for Gold Silver Pros. And on behalf of JM Bullion, have a great weekend. We will see you next week.